Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coaching Lounge. This is your special invitation to join us every Sunday at 4pm in the Coaching Lounge. Hear interviews with compelling speakers, creative thinkers, entrepreneurs, key people of influence and models of success. Listen to their stories as they share principles of living that we too can apply within and throughout our own lives. I really look forward to spending time with you every Sunday at 4pm. Please do make sure you drop by. Welcome to the Coaching Lounge. My name is Rebecca Gordon and I'm joined by Elsie Gale who is a healthcare professional and independent midwife who provides holistic personalized care to women. Elsie is very passionate about women's health and maternity care and she's worked within midwifery for a number of years. So I'd like you to just get yourself comfortable for the next 45 minutes to 60 minutes in the coaching lounge and listen to the amazing Elsa Gale, who has had a very interesting life. Now, I have known Elsie for about 12 years, and um, one of the profound things I know of Elsie is that she's lived in Botswana. I know she's traveled quite a lot, um, but I heard her on another local radio station, a national um, BBC station, talking about her life in Botswana. And um, before I knew who the speaker was, I knew it was Elsie. And as I parked up my car, in fact, to listen to her recount um, her time in Botswana and actually to talk about how she um, began the journey to live over there. So I'm hoping that we can touch on that in the interview because it's well worth talking about. But it may be that we'll introduce Elsie back into the studio again to explore that in a separate show only because it does need that time um, and depth of exploration because it's a fine example of life transformation and just how absolutely possible it is to stretch the boundaries of our lives and create new paradigms to do exactly what we want to do in our lives and to follow intuition and to follow spirit. So um, hopefully we can talk to Elsie about that in a short while. Now, um, as someone who has seen the births of hundreds of babies, um, which Elsie has, um, probably, well, more than likely and mostly, um, it is thousands of babies, um, due to her knowledge and expertise in clinical maternity health care, I feel that Elsie is very well placed to talk to us about the life force. And most importantly, what I'd love to really go into is just how we can maximize this life force and use it to our fullest potential. Because I don't know about you, but I know that there have been times in my life when I've felt that, okay, I want to do something. I want to fulfill some bigger purpose. You know, there's something within me that just must come out. Yet the limitations of could be the it could be an environment, it could be the, the social setting, um, it could be that I'm contained within who I am because this being is all that I know and some things may just not be possible. But yet, if we could touch in and tune into and um, really get to what's the word I'm looking for to really become one with that life force and use it to its fullest potential, then we would be able to do so much more, so much more, and be so much more in and about our lives. So I would like to invite you to call in to the studio. If you're calling from out of the U.S., and you don't have a special dial-up number or a low-cost number, um, the number is 001-347-637-3310, and you will be able to connect with Elsie and just ask her any questions or, or make any comments on what she's talking about today, what she will discuss with us that really does um, resonate with you. 
And you can also Skype in if you are on Skype. You can go on to the blog radio um, coaching lounge page, which is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the coaching lounge and click that Skype button and tune in and ask your questions and make your comments. So let's just um, go back to the topic of the show, which is understand the power of your life force. And I'm just going to share with you an experience from my own life, which occurred two nights ago, just two nights ago. I was asleep and I had an unusual experience. I actually heard myself say to myself, she's in a deep sleep. And the voice that said, she's in a deep sleep, just seemed to be in the center back of my brain, but yet it was all around me. And I recollect having this sense of moving and looking onto my body. And it almost seemed like um, I was in closer proximity to other parts in the room, like the bedroom door, you know, like um, the wall, rather than looking at the room from where I lay in my bed. So my spatial awareness, the dimensions of what I consciously knew, were out of sync with my unconscious knowing. And as I noticed this, I knew that in actual fact, my existence was actually outside of myself. The body on the bed was just a body. It was transport, if you like. It was a vehicle. It was a means by which my unconscious, or for want of a better word, my superconscious awareness could take form in this physical world. And for a few moments, and I'm going to say a few moments, but in actual reality, um, time just seemed timeless. So I cannot say to you whether those few moments were, were minutes or seconds, I just don't know. All I know is that a few moments later, I sensed myself um, hearing a high-pitched sound in my head. And I recall thinking to myself, I, I recall thinking, I don't want to flow with that sound. I, I don't want to go there because I know something will happen. And I opened my eyes and then saw everything just as it was in the room. But I had this real distinct feeling that something unusual had happened. Now, on reflection and in discussions about this experience of someone else, I came to the conclusion that what actually happened was that I had an out-of-body experience. Now, this isn't the first time that this has happened to me. I've, I've had um, such an experience at least three or four times before two nights ago. And one, the very first one, in fact, was in 2003 in Gambia. And I remember it was my first visit to Africa. Um, it was a day. It was actually in winter over here. It was October. But over there, it was very, very hot. And I sat on the beach. And I remember the vibration, just hearing a vibration and feeling as if I was in attunement with something else, with something else. And it just felt very special. And after that experience, I had my first out-of-body experience. And coming back to the UK shortly after that, I had another one. And with that one, I can remember it because I made a point of reflecting on it at that time and recording how I felt and what I, I, I understood to be happening. It was as if I was being taken away across the universe by the side of someone else and being shown this place and that place and, you know, all sorts of things. And I know that I'm broadcasting this to the world right now. And unless um, you, you, you understand or you are interested in things of the etheric, um, of spiritual matter, matter, you know, it may be that um, there may be some wondering, oh, you know, what's she talking about here? But what it is, is that I'm aware that I've had experiences where my spirit, my energy has shifted out of my body. And I'm sharing this with you. Why? Because as I reflected on the experience, I understood that the life force and the spirit is within. 
And I understood that if we only knew the power of this universal energy that channels through us, that comes within us, but yet is outside of us, it's out there, it's limitless, it's everywhere, then if we allowed that energy to channel through us and didn't resist, then life would be so much easier. And at that time, when I felt that high-pitched sound in my, in, in my head, and I thought to myself, okay, I don't want to go there, that's what I was doing. I was resisting the flow of the energy, the spirit doing what it does because it's spirit. And as humans do, we form attachments. We form attachments to people, to places, and to things. We form attachments to our body. So, as I said, just as I came back into my body, after having that out-of-body experience, I knew that I was resisting. I was being resistant against the flow of the spirit because I wanted to be in control. <laughs> and I will, I will declare that by no means am I the expert on etheric matters, matters of the spirit and the soul. But what I do know is that a lot of the times, we find ourselves resisting the natural flow of being one with that source of energy which gives the body life. When it could actually be considered that it's really about relinquishing control and flowing into being. So, just to get the context, the life force is also known as the chi energy or the universal energy. And what I, because Elsa Els is a midwife, and she's seen thousands of, of women give birth, and she's seen babies come out into the world, touch the world, and take their first breath of air. Whether they take it or whether they use it, that's up for discussion. But what I do really want to um, talk to, energy, to Elsie about is how um, we can harness this, how parents, mothers, how we as individuals can be aware of the power of the life force and really harness it to get the best and to live and to fulfill our greater potential. So let's just welcome Mrs. Elsie Gale into the studio. Elsie, I believe you're there. I am, Rebecca. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Elsie, and how are you today? I'm fine, thanks. Um, be, uh, well, I'm at my desk today. Today is a desk work day, so that's where I am, okay. looking out okay. into the wonderful sunshine outside. It is, and it's what, late September, and it's almost like um, the ending of summer. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's very good. Yes, yes, okay. So, Elsie, um, I just want to say thank you so much for um, giving up, you know, I know it's a desk day for you, it's a, a busy Sunday, a day when you're, you're doing your work and your administration, but I'm so happy to have you here in the coaching lounge and just to say thank you very much for your presence. Oh. And yeah, Thank you, yes. And before we actually go into the discussions, I've got a few questions to ask you. Can you just tell us a bit about yourself, about your work? Well... Um, I am a mother, I'm a wife, and I'm also a midwife. Those are the three things that make up who I am over the years. I'm clearly a, a daughter as well. Um, and I've been a midwife for a very long time. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've been a midwife for a very long time. I mean, I've said that you've seen thousands of women give birth. Is that an accurate statement? <laughs> I, I think so. I, I stopped counting a very long time ago, in <laughs> fact. So, yes, but I've seen quite a few babies come into this world and quite a few mothers being born through that process of giving birth to their babies. Yeah. Right. That that's a very um lovely statement actually. Can you share more of that statement with you with, with us? You've seen babies come into the world, mothers give birth, but mothers have given birth to themselves as well. Yes, um before a woman and and particularly um for the first baby um that's born, a woman is um herself. Well, she's in 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 transition from being herself into becoming a mother. And then when the baby is born, a mother is born also. Um, so it's not just, you know, the transition of one being into the world. It, it's more than that. Mm. Mm. And the woman is actually never the same again. 
Mm, yeah, it's a, um, an amazing life-changing experience. I mean, I must say, I have four children. The youngest, she's left home now and gone off to university. And I had my own coaching session on Friday. And um, I said to my coach, I feel actually like I'm going through a bit of bereavement. You know, I'm, I'm saying goodbye, I'm letting go a bit. <laughs> so, you know, what you've said, I mean, when she was born 19 years ago, I just remember this overwhelming love, you know, that I had for um, my fourth child, for the baby, you know, and that was extremely unconditional. But um, we were talking about the power of your life force. And I just want to ask you, Elsie, um, just talk to me a little bit about when your experience as a midwife and you see babies come into the world. Can you tell me about the life force? What, what's your summation of it, your um, awareness and understanding of what it is and where it comes from? Well, it took me a little time to actually um, understand what was going on. But I think the realization came to me after a while of observing births. I mean, the births I prefer uh, to be with or, you know, to, to, to support are births that are quiet, very respectful, not necessarily normal births. Um, but but births where, you know, even if it's a cesarean section, that people are respectful of the process of what's going on. It's not just a physical thing. Because when a woman actually comes to birth, it's more than just a physical thing. It, there is something that is um, changing psychologically and emotionally, you know, so it's it's not just something physical. And births which actually follow the whole, the holistic path are the births that actually help you to understand a little bit more deeper what is going on for the process, for the woman, for the baby, and also for the people who are in the room. So it could be the dad, her mom, and certainly for the midwife. Mm. And, and these are the things that have helped me over the time of you know, of being a midwife, observing birth and actually being with women, um, birthing in various different circumstances, that, that, that there is something more than just the physical to it, and, and we need to encourage that. Mm. Can I ask you then, just as you're speaking, I'm imagining that scenario and having experienced it myself. What What, what is it like? I mean, uh, I know that we've all... As you said, you're a daughter, I'm a daughter, we've all been birthed. But um, I can't remember, I'm afraid. <laughs> what, what, from, from your observation, what is it like coming into the world for the first time? I mean, I'm just trying to imagine, I have never seen a woman give birth myself. I've given birth but not seen. And I'm just wondering, you know, that the baby, how does a baby look? You know, most babies are born with their eyes closed, yes. Um and then they, 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 there's calmness, and then the first breath is is uttered in this in this dispensation. I'm going to use a word. Can you just share with us the? Um, I'm going to call it the miracle of that experience. Well, it depends on the environment in which the birth takes place, which is what I was trying to describe earlier. Births that are have happened in an environment of calm and respect and love, you know, deep love and, and honor, are very different to births that happen in, in a very sort of frantic environment where people are panicking or loud and shouting, bright lights. There is definitely a very different energy. So the energy of the birth that occurs, and this is this is only my observation, to be honest. Mm -hmm. The births that happen um, where the environment is very receptive and, and respectful, the lights are dim, those babies, the, the, the women, we, we start with the women, the women actually are have surrendered to the process. Mm -hmm. They're actually very confident. They allow the rhythm because there's a rhythm to birth. It's, it's like the rhythm of life and then there's a rhythm of birth. They allow the rhythm to actually happen and then they birth and the babies that come out are very calm. It, it's really peculiar because sometimes those babies, I, I just have to think that they're still, they think they're still inside the womb. The, you know, their behavior is very... Um, as though they haven't really transitioned out into 
the real harsh world as yet. So they're very eyes are closed. They're still breathing. Their breathing isn't regular and well-established. You know, they're sort of breathing intermittently. But having said that, they're still getting their full supply of oxygen through the mm-hmm. cord and through the placenta. So and, and and they take a little while to kind of realize that they are here. Mm. It's just miraculous, really, to watch them. Mm. And then the reaction of the parents, not necessarily a midwife, because she's kind of guarding the space. That's kind of what happens around those sorts of births. As long as everything else, you know, is okay and the baby looks fine, there is no hurry to do anything except allow the parents to actually, and particularly the mother, to to gather that baby. And it is... you see awe, and, and the sense, you experience a sense of miracle. And the energy is very um, sound and profound. And it's, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, really, to say it like that, but that <laughs> is how it is for me. When it happens like that, you know, it is fantastic. Yeah. No, it sounds beautiful. Well, there was one birth. I mean, I, I, I am... Sometimes I'm a skeptic until things actually prove themselves to me. So there was one birth that happened in an atmosphere. Uh, the, 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 the woman's parents were outside in another room. They were in the house, but they were in another room. And I was really quite nervous because anything that disturbs the space of the woman to birth in the way um, of calm and quiet and going into herself Anything that disturbs that actually can disturb the birth process. I was really skeptical about it. But the woman's um, mom was a Reiki practitioner, and Reiki is dealing with energy, and sometimes energy um, a long way away. So the, the, the mom was giving, her mother was giving her energy through the walls. I mean, I, I was really skeptical about that. Anyway, the, 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 the lady actually birthed, she birthed really well. And everything was so calm. I just, I couldn't believe it, really. And I'm not sure whether Reiki actually works through walls. But I do believe that the positive energy from the woman, from her mom, and, you know, the the sort of belief that they had in that process helped that birth to be really calm. And that was a really wonderful birth. Right. Okay. So this is perhaps what I'd like to sort of like move a little bit more towards, um, Elsie, is about the energy of the life force. Because I don't know if you heard my description of my um, unusual experience two nights ago, where I felt that my um, spirit body had um, uh, become detached from the um, physical body. And um, I could see myself and my awareness was um, really that, okay, this body, which we are blessed with, um, the energy, the um, life force is a gift which channels through the body. So when the child comes into the world, you know, and it's new for them, that the body is the vessel. And you've just spoken about the channeling of the energy through Reiki, you know, which um, is another subject matter, but still within this um, discussion. I just want you to tell me then um, about the, the, the life force, and you've spoken about Reiki, which is energy. What makes that um, so important? I don't know if that's... Um, a, a, um, a question that maybe I should reframe it. No, it's okay. I think um, I, I understand what you're trying to ask me. Um, I, I came in part way through your description of what you know what what happened to you a couple of nights ago. Um, I've never experienced that myself. I've only heard of you know um, incidents like that. But what I can say is that. I believe that all and all life forms or everything that's living has got a life force. Some of it is dormant. Um, and so for babies, I think it, it, it is within them whilst they're in the womb because they are alive. But some of them actually activate their life force a lot. You know, they come into themselves a lot earlier than some. And mm-hmm. for the babies who are born in a calm way, there's takes, you know, it, it, it kind of gradually comes into them and then they find themselves. Um, it, it's really very 
Mm. It's difficult to actually explain that. So babies who who come through a woman who is calm, well-centered, well-ordered, and balanced, their life force, to me, comes into them a little slower. It, it comes with more. It, it, it is well-prepared, but it comes gradually to them. And, and I feel sometimes that babies who are challenged in the womb, so women who are stressed and distressed whilst they're pregnant, those babies' life force is more developed. And, and babies who are born in harshness, their life force comes to them very quickly. Um, mm. It may not be balanced, but it comes because it has to come to support the life. Um, mm. Or, you know, to, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, um, it, it comes like that, I think. I mean, that makes absolute sense. And it could be argued that, you know, sometimes as adults, we're still here trying to find ourselves because we've not really had that nurturing of fitting into, you know, understanding the, the, the senses, the world, how the energy forms itself within that, you know, first time of being in the physical body. And, I mean, uh, as a life coach who works with a lot of different people, it's almost as if, you know, I really want to do something. I know there's something I'm, there's something inside yearning to get out, yearning to be and to do and to, you know, to experience and to touch the world but just cannot quite articulate it. And for me, um, I would, in my mind's eye, it's as if it's about being attuned with that force um, to understand it more. So um, a question might be, um, yes, I'm going to ask this question. How do we nurture and protect the energy of the life that we are gifted with? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think we have to nurture. Well, we have to nurture it. We have to look after it because it is actually um, the, the 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 part of us that keeps us. We have to balance it. We have to nurture it. We have to feed it. Um, and I guess we have to firstly recognize that we have got something like that within us, and and we have to look after it because it is what keeps us resilient. So. If, for example, our life force hasn't filled us, you know, totally, and it is off balance, that I, I think that is when we can actually become ill, tired, and we have to kind of look after it in order for it to be well, and 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 that is that is what will keep us strong. So, for example, people who suffer from burnout. I mean, they're completely out of balance, and actually their life force is weak. That is my feeling about it. Mm. And things like just meditation, just being quiet, and, and med you don't have to sort of go into I mean, any, any particular type of meditation, but an afternoon sleep, for example, to rest the body, to rest the mind, to allow the force to, to, to have a rest, eating good food, making sure that you think good thoughts. You know, those sorts of things, I think, nurture the life force and keeps us resilient as people. Mm, I would very much agree with that, Elsie. And um, it is about balance, as you've said, and I love what you've said. You said to actually make sure that we nurture and to feed it, to feed the spirit, to, to feed that. Because, you know, it's just like being in the world. We, we, we take from the earth. But what do we give back? And it's about recognizing, you know, just to maintain that balance. So, um, sorry, you wanted to say? Yes, I was just going to say that, you know, I, I also believe that our life force is, is in communion with the, with, the, with the forces, the energies of the earth. You know, we, we, we take from it, we give to it, and we take from it as well. So that is all a part of it, you know, and, and, mm. and, and our connection with the earth. And with other people, you know, mm. there is good energy. I mean, people talk about good energy and bad energy. And that is what the life force is about. It is about yes. our energy. Yes, very, very, very true. Um, I, in my coaching session, actually, one of my actions um, was to go and revisit a book by Sonia Choquette. I think you pronounce her name that way. And the book is about um, developing your psychic ability. And I just opened the book because that was what I said I wanted to do. I knew I'd be drawn to a particular part in the book. And it um, said that when we meet people, what we 
can do is just to quieten ourselves and just understand their energy, understand their spirit. So are they warm? Are they soft? You know, are they harsh? Are they cold? You know, um, just get a sense of that person. And that is an intuitive thing that will actually, um, you know, help with um, how we interact with that person, which um, I think is very interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'd agree with that. But the other thing about it, you see, Rebecca, is that um, people, there, there are people who are Christian people who would perhaps find this conversation a little bit disturbing because we're talking about out-of-body experience and so on. But I feel, I mean, and having worked with people and having friends from all different um, um, complexions and, and, and religions, you know, I think each... Whoever you are on this planet, you recognize that there is something else. Even if you don't believe in God, there is still something else. Um, the, the, the part of us that is living, the spirit, you know, and, and, and I think people will connect with something that they recognize needs to be kept, kept healthy and kept well. Very true, very true. Okay, um, we are in the coaching lounge with um, the midwife, um, mother, and many, many more things, Mrs. Elsie Gale. Um, Elsie, um, I'm going to take a little short interval for a moment. Um, I do want to touch on your Botswana life, <laughs> if, if, if we can, because you've lived in Botswana. Yes. I have, yes, uh, yes. Yes, and just touch a little bit on that and then um, come back. And um, I want to expand a little bit more on what you said about the universal connection, um, the oneness. So let's just hear the song called Do You Love What You Feel? And it's by Inner City. And we'll be back in a few moments back in the coaching lounge.
big for a moment. If you could create your best life, how would this look? What if, in just 30 minutes, you had a plan of action to get closer to your dream? Make the impossible possible and claim your free session today. Visit www.satellitelifecoaching.com now. And we are in the coaching lounge with Mrs. Elsie Gale, who is a midwife. We're talking about the power of your life force. And just to remind you that you can dial in on 001-347-637-3310 to connect with Elsie. And we've just been listening to a song called, Do You Love What You Feel? And for me, that's about feeling the energy, living the energy, just letting it channel through. And um, just before we um, go a little bit more into the discussion, Elsie, um, I just want to um, talk a little bit about, um, you've mentioned, okay, if there are Christians listening to the show, then, you know, they may find what we're discussing a little bit strange. But, you know, um, humanity has been in existence for millions of years, millions of years. So it could be argued that we've actually lost touch with some of the original concepts that really are where we need to be getting back to. And what you have mentioned is that actually that we, we are all connected. Now, in ancient Kemet, which um, is today known as Egypt, but back in that ancient civilization of Kemet, um, it was recognized that the sum total of the universal force that's referred to as God or the Supreme is just that. It's a universal force. And they gave a name to it. They called that universal energy of the life force, they called it Ka. And that is the force or energy of the creation, that creator's life force, which is a spiritual entity and which lives within the body during life. So when we die, it's just that the vessel, the body remains and, and, and that spirit um, is no longer within the body to give it life. So what that means to me is actually we are all connected by that universal force because we all share this life, okay? And the second thing that the um, ancient um, commission said was they understood that the spirit is um, the double of a person. This is what they said. And it is that the energy of the car imparts itself into the bar, which is the physical representation of life. So when we really drill down on that, it's resoundingly clear. It is that the power is truly within why? Because we have that universal force within. And the question is, I suppose, Elsie, um, what are your thoughts on the use of the power within? What, what do you feel generally about how we can use it much more, you know, work with it much more, work with that flow of energy? Well, uh, to be honest... I think we're here, we're all here for a purpose, myself, and I think we have to do the best we can with, with what we've been given. I don't necessarily believe in reincarnation, but I do understand what you're saying about the life force, because, like, what happens to the spirit and the life force when we die you know where does it go i think that is a question i've been asking since i was a child and i agree that people have to journey and they have to journey well but it will be a, well i guess i'll discover when i die what has you know what happens to the life force mm -hmm. but one of the things that you know people i've heard said is that when a baby is stillborn it's because the spirit has refused or the life force has refused to go into the child mm. to be born. You know, and, and, and these things are still a mystery. Still mm. a mystery. Yeah, but there is so much that we don't know. You yeah. know? And, uh, yes. So I'm, I'm fairly flexible in terms of my belief. What I do believe is that, you know, we are here to do mm -hmm. what it is we're here to do and most of us actually manage to discover what we're here to do. And in actual fact, if we move towards the things that please us, the things that pull us, um, and we work with those things to do the best we can. So if you are to be a mother, because not everybody is going to be a mother, then you do that to the best of your ability 
with all the love that you have to bring and the wisdom that you have, you know, then then you will have fulfilled your 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 purpose for being here. Mm. So this, I think this is one of the reasons. I mean, I, I completely, it was complete accident that I discovered, well, was it an accident that I became a midwife? Because I certainly didn't intend to become a midwife at the beginning of my um, years. Uh, it, it is something that just came to me. But, you know, I, 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 don't, I would never want to do anything else. Mm. You know, I absolutely and, uh, adore it. Okay, so, so can you share a little bit about what happened for you to move into this vocation? Well, I um, I left home because to live in the nurse's home, I was, you know, away from my parents. I wanted to leave home, so I left home. And I was doing nurse training. And at the time of nurse training, we were able to do four um, modules that were not actually, you know, to do with nursing. So I did psychiatry, which for me it was just sitting around drinking tea <laughs> all day long, <laughs> and it didn't please me. I didn't okay. understand it really at the time, and it didn't <laughs> please me. But when I did my obstetrics, and in fact my, my introduction to obstetrics, which is a medicalized mm-hmm. um, aspect of um, pregnancy, um, I, I was totally fascinated by it. You know, I I, I then couldn't wait to become a midwife mm. and really to be honest I, I really haven't done much else you know in mm. terms of my career since then and were I to do something else I you know I perhaps do something like a law degree but then I would come straight back to midwifery to use it to to support mm. midwifery practice so yes yeah. yes yeah I mean the other aspect is um it, you did mention earlier a woman being pregnant, um, it's a transition, isn't it? It's a transitional stage in all sorts of ways, you know, holistically. So um, in terms of how the woman feels and, you know, um, I mean, we haven't talked about um, postnatal depression and that sort of thing. But I think that there are other aspects of health care for women in um, pregnancy which um, perhaps, you know, need to be highlighted really for the whole healthcare and for the child to come into the world in a balanced um, environment and energy state. And, um, yeah. But you see, when, when there is balance, and I think this is, the, you know, this is the primary objective of a midwife, to support, not to, you know, sort of be the be-all and end-all in a woman's pregnancy and, and, and childbearing years, but it is really to support and to walk beside and to guard the woman's space so that she does it, you know, the woman does it well in a balanced way, to, to protect her space so that she can actually birth this child and birth herself as a mother in, 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 in the best way possible. And then, because we're, not, we're only there for a very short time in a woman's life, you know, and then just sort of signpost her and, and ease her off so that she can mm. then, you know, get on with what it is she, she wants to do in the way that she wants to do it, and hopefully yeah. it will be a well way. So mm. when that process is actually disturbed or is not allowed to happen, this is where I think we've, we're, you know, and postnatal depression is, is, is escalating. So these, these, this is what happens when the balance is actually disturbed, when the woman doesn't do things in the way she ought to do mm. them, then, 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 then this is what happens. So we then mm-hmm. have to sort of find a way of supporting women with postnatal depression, but it is better to prevent these things than to actually be trying to sort them out after. I understand. I mean, really, on that um, uh, other level, the, the, the spiritual level, it's as if the host, you know, that the mother who's carrying this um, entity is is misbalanced then, so that may actually impact and feed into, you know, the, the, the child she's carrying. But um, what I want to uh, move forward, in fact, I'm going to just share with you that at the age of, let me see, it was a couple of years ago, in my mid-40s, I had the great experience of going back. It was as if I was back in my mother's womb. <laughs> and really? um, Yes, yes. I, I went to, um, I actually had about an hour, I spent an hour in a flotation tank. And um, yeah, you go into the tank and um, it's um, you float on the water because it's you know salt water, and the tank closes so it's completely dark, and oh my you know. Word. <laughs> 
it was actually so beautiful. And when I came out, I felt spaced out a little bit. You know, I just had to sit and center. But it was as if, you know, you're just cocooned and, you know, um, it was dark. And if you open your eyes, it's as if you are out there in the universe. And it was a great experience and one that I must relive again very, very soon. Um, but for me, I really connected that. And it was a period of my life where it was synonymous with rebirthing. Yes, so okay. now, yes, now that my 19-year-old's off and at university, I'm going to book another session in at the flotation tank very soon because um, I'm due for a rebirth. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, um, I will ask you about um, developing the energy, a bit, bit more about feeding the spirit. And in particular, when I spoke to you a couple of years ago and you spoke to me about the cello, do you remember? Oh, yes, I do. I do. And you mentioned um, there was a particular time in your life when, you know, I think there was was a challenge and what you did. Well, you can tell um, our our guests in the coaching lounge. Can you share with us what you did? Yes, I think, um, well, certainly in times of challenge, you need, in, in order that you don't completely fall apart, you need to go back to the space that soothes you, that nurtures you, and supports you, and then builds you up. So myself, um, the things that really, really get me um, is is music. Music is one of the things that really gets to me. I I, I would say it feeds my soul. Mm -hmm. And there was a time when I lost a very precious job, and... I recognized that I had to do something else apart from just keeping my mind busy. Mm-hmm. And I decided to learn the cello, learn, learn to play the cello. So I went out and I bought a cello. I had to pay for it bit by bit. Mm-hmm. I went to a cello shop and I bought it. And it's then pretty I started, big, right? A cello's what? pretty big, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's not as big as a double bass. Okay. <laughs> <But it> is, <laughs> Yeah, okay. It, it it stands. It's probably about the same height as me, really. Yes, oh, if I'm, you know, wow. standing beside it. Mm. But um, uh, before I actually, you know, I I can't. I'm not a professional by any stretch of the imagination. But I actually found there was one note on the cello that, you know, uh, when I when things were really really bad, in the middle of the day before I had my afternoon nap, mm. I would just pull the bow across that one string and it was just the only thing I can say it just kind of resonated with my soul there was an energy in that note well there is an energy in that note that just it 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 just it feeds me and 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 that's all I need to do is to just pull it wow that's that is fantastic I can just imagine that and I wonder what the note is do you know what it is what I mean it's a deep note or yeah, it is. It is the open string on the 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 biggest string on the cello, and it's just the open string. Right. Really. So it okay. it you know it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it really gets into the yeah. essence of you. That yeah. note does. Wow. Yeah. And, okay. And the thing about it is as well, you know, and and I think this is this this I've seen in other in women who are laboring when when they're really getting into the challenge of labor. So, for example, there are women who are Muslim, you know, and and they there is something, there 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 is a tone within the body that resonates with different people. So I've seen it in like Muslim women, and they mm. when things are really hard, they say things like, they start off by saying Allah, Allah, and then it just gets into la la la, you know, and, and yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is power in the word sound, isn't there? There is, but they, you know, there are tones in the body that actually, I think, connects with the life force. It must do mm-hmm. because it yes. sustains whatever's going on. It sustains the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some. Um, I mean, I've heard it said about solveggio. Solveggio, I think they're called solveggio notes, um, which are particular frequencies. You know, um, we are going to have another guest in the studio who's Abdullahi um, Bite, who is going to talk a little bit more about energy, um, and that will be in another couple of weeks. Um, and Elsie, um, just before, I mean, the time has gone so quickly, and we must talk about Botswana. 
Um, can you share with us um, what um, a little bit about your Botswana experience, what you were there for and what you did? Well, Botswana I'd never heard of before we went before we um, applied <laughs> to go there, and I had to read it up. It's a landlocked country in southern Africa. Um, it's a very rich country. Uh, it's got um, low compared to uh, other countries like Britain. It, it's got a low um, population, but it's an enormous country. So. The the, the, the 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 cities are, and the villages are sort of quite isolated. Mm. Um, it's a it is a developing country, and they're very smart about how they're using their resources, their their their, their mineral resources, and their people resources as they develop as a country. But we had gone there, my husband and the children and I. My husband and I went to work there. He's an engineer and. I'm a nurse, well, I got a nurse midwife post, and our mm-hmm. children went to school there. Um, for me, it was a really, it was a time of great learning, learning how to live in a community where I didn't speak the language, where the culture was very different to mine, um, where I could then go back to basic midwifery because the skills that I was using there, some of them I never used here much beyond training, primarily because we use a lot of technology here. And right. to use the technology in, in Botswana, you know, you had to have a good reason, say, for example, to be scanning women on a very regular basis. You had to have a good reason for doing that. So I returned to my basic midwifery skills quite a lot while I was there. Mm. Um, I learned to relax <laughs> and to enjoy <laughs> nature. And mm-hmm. it was fantastic to see animals in their natural habitat. So we'd be driving down the road, going, say, for example, going to Zimbabwe, and elephants would walk out into the road, <laughs> so we would have to stop. So, you know, it, it was absolutely incredible from that, pers- wow. from that perspective, yeah. Yes, yes, but it, yes. It's, yeah, I, yes. I learned a lot, I, I gained a lot, and I hope I also gave a lot. Oh, wow. It was an doubt. enjoyable time, yeah. Yes. Can, can I just quickly ask you, Elsie, in terms of the um, birthing of um, the woman's experience in, of women in Botswana and over here, um, are there any differences that um, stand out for you? Um, well, they're both in the same way, really. The women in, in Botswana, though, they, 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 they tend to be very resilient, very resilient, very hardworking and very resilient women and they birth really quietly you know there there isn't a lot of noise I I was surprised actually going on the labor ward because I didn't actually work um, in a delivery suite there I was working in a primary health care and most of the births were taking place in the hospital Um, and when I went to transfer a woman you know I would observe and listen what was going on on the labor ward and it was a very quiet place compared to some of the labor wars here in this country. Right, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and the babies would come out. A, a, any differences there? or uh, I not, mean, not, not they come out in the same not way. Yeah. And, and as I said, you know, I didn't really, I, I wasn't um, on working on a delivery suite. I was more right. working in the clinic than a delivery suite. So, yes, yes, yeah. yes. But okay. I did have a few interesting um birth, you know, there was a birth on the roadside. I wasn't actually there. I just went to collect the lady and her baby and, wow. and that was quite interesting. In as much as she'd given birth on the roadside and when we, we got called um to support the lady and the baby and when we arrived at the scene we what we saw first of all was a circle of women with their skirts out. And as we approached the circle a skirt mm-hmm. dropped, so we could actually go into the circle, and then the oh. skirts went up again. I see. So then we sorted the lady out and then transferred her off to the hospital. But that was right. That's quite, uh, quite some, yeah. Yeah, so community protection, as you were talking about guarding yeah. the space. That's yes. what, oh, that is so right. 
Right. Yes, yeah, superb. Wow. Well, Elsie, um, it would be an amazing pleasure to have you back on the show to just talk a little bit more about um, Botswana. Um, I must say that I do know somebody called Ndamiso who lives in Botswana, and I need to book my ticket fast because you've described it so lovingly. Um, you know, it's a, I think it's going to be a place to definitely visit. So, oh, it um, Rebecca, it is. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So um, just before we've only got a few minutes left, I just want to invite you just to share any any final words with the listeners um, about understanding the power of your life force. If there was a message that you knew had to be, um, you know, received um, by people listening today, what would that message be? Well, I think we just all have to remember that we are not invincible that we have to look after ourselves, and we look after ourselves physically, emotionally, and psychologically. And whatever our religion or, you know, our beliefs, we we need to nurture that bit of us that is eternal, the bit mm-hmm. that lives after we're no longer here. Mm-hmm. That is really deep. That bit, that eternal bit that is still there when we're no longer here. It's how do we nurture that? We need to look after it and recognize it and pay attention to it and feed it, feed that spirit. Okay. So, Elsie, thank you so much um, for joining us in the studio today. Um, I just want to read an affirmation that I came across just this afternoon as I was doing a little bit of research. And the affirmation is alignment. And it says, I trust in the universe and continue to align my movements with the universe. I rely on spirit for protection, direction and success. So um, I did speak. I spoke about control earlier. Sometimes it's just about going with the flow, that harmony, that peace, that, that recognizing that eternal aspect of ourselves that is always okay. And if we could tap into it a bit more, we too would be more okay. And there's a quote by Karen Mason Miller, and it says, "Your life is your practice." Your spiritual practice does not occur someplace other than in your life right now. And your life is nowhere other than where you are. You are looking for answers, insight and wisdom that you already possess. Live the life in front of you. Be the life you are and see what you find out for yourself. That's a a great quote. So, Mrs. Elsie Gale, just want to say thank you so much for joining us and for sharing us with, with us your um, observations and experience and awareness of um, the life force, the power of the life force through your work as a midwife. And um, I will, I would like to invite you back into the studio again. Would that be okay to do? Yes, and thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Okay, thank you so much, Elsie. Have a great week. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, so that was Mrs. Elsie Gale. And as I've said, um, it's a case of, or as Elsie has said, she's really brought home today the fact that, you know, when the baby comes into the world, if there's balance and there's peace and there's harmony, then the baby has better connections. There's more connections are made on that level with the mother and the child and really we do need to carry that through into our lives as we move through what for many is a demanding hectic and busy pace of life it's about finding that eternal um, part of you and recognizing it feeding it and nurturing it Thank you so much for tuning into today's edition of the Coaching Lounge, and I will see you again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Think big for a moment. If you could create your best life, how would this look? What if, in just 30 minutes, you had a plan of action to get closer to your dream? Make the impossible possible and claim your free session today. Visit www.satellitelifecoaching.com now. Welcome to the Coaching Lounge. This is your 
special invitation to join us every Sunday at 4pm in the Coaching Lounge. Hear interviews with compelling speakers, creative thinkers, entrepreneurs, key people of influence and models of success. Listen to their stories as they share principles of living that we too can apply within and throughout our own lives. I really look forward to spending time with you every Sunday at 4pm. Please do make sure you drop by.